More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, the disease to please. Sick of trying to make everyone happy all the time? We've got the cure. We're going to help you find healthy ways to take care of others while still taking care of yourself. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the disease to please. You know, it's a good thing to want to make other people happy, to try to take care of each others, to, to be compassionate toward others. But then there's the disease to please. You know, and what is that? Well, that's when you feel guilty when someone's upset, even though it's not your fault and you didn't do anything. It's just, you know, the fact that somebody isn't perfectly content is somehow your responsibility to fix, mm. you know, or maybe you feel like it's you have a hard time saying no or setting boundaries, even when it would be a good thing to do, or you just hate even the hint of conflict. If so, you might be suffering from that disease to please. We want to help you find ways to be compassionate toward others without throwing yourself and your needs under the bus. And if you are sick of trying to make everyone happy all the time, we've got the cure. We're going to help you find healthy ways to take care of others while still taking care of yourself and cure that disease to please. The number 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. I think this is something that affects both genders, maybe in slightly different ways. I know for women, we are sort of just ingrained with the idea that we find our value when we are approved of by our parents, by our teachers, by our instructors, by our coaches, by our spouses, and yes, by our kids. Well, and I think the the and these are you know, those are broad stereotypes, obviously. But no, I think, I think the, the the male version of this is that that we don't know what to do if we're not pleasing. So, so where you were talking about, you know, a, a woman will, will will work harder to please. Again, a, a general stereotype. General stereotype. A man will tend to shut down when he doesn't feel like he's pleasing others. Mm. He'll shut down, withdraw, and get grumpy about it. That's because interesting. I was, I was trying to do the thing to make you happy, and now I can't do anything to make you happy. You're never going to be happy with me. <laughs> Why should I bother trying? That's really interesting. The other <laughs> thing that I observe <laughs> is that um, men who are in the workforce know that they're pleasing people by what they've achieved. That's true. And when they're in personal relationship, that's when I think mm. what you're talking about is happening. There's no reward there's no symbol that says i achieved making my wife or kids or parents or siblings or friends happy 
So why bother? Right. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so, and again, these are broad stereotypes. Very I've, I've broad seen stars. I've seen many women who do this too. But but you know, so where there there are two sides to this disease to please coin, if you will. You you can make yourself crazy trying to jump through everybody else's hoops to try to fix whatever is making them upset or frustrated, you know, whether you're a Even mom, if it has nothing to do with you. you. Know, yeah, right, exactly. Right? Whether, whether you're, we're talking about a parent with their kid who, you know, it's hard to watch our kids have a disappointment or a, a setback, uh, you know, but, but in a, in a, to a, some degree, giving other people the space to have whatever feelings they're having is a good thing. But when we have that disease to please, we just want to swoop in and, and fix everything, and, and it's my well, fault if you're not happy. Well, we feel it's our mandate. You yeah. know, we have to fix our, our, even as adult people, we have to fix our parents who are grumpy with us or with each other or with the world at large or their state in life, you name it. We have to... Many of us feel like we have to keep our families of origin together, get our siblings to get along. We definitely feel that in our marriages, and as you said, even with our children, we feel like we're constantly keeping up with the urgent because they're so much urgent in raising children because they're not happy a lot of the time because life is hard for them. And we're running around trying to fix it all. And it is debilitating. It can wear us down emotionally. It can wear us down physically. And it can really rob us of our spiritual joy. Because when we have this disease to please, sometimes we put God on the back burner and say, I'll do all the things to please, and then I'll please God as well. And we're not ever really checking in with him to see what he wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. 877-573-7825. 877-573-7825. Of course, this uh, disease to please is especially challenging to overcome when somebody else is telling us it's our fault mm-hmm. that they're not happy, right? Um, even when it's not true. You know, they're, they're angry and they're expressing their anger in unhealthy ways, but it's it's your fault because you shouldn't have done the thing or said that thing or, you know, now it's your job to fix it. And, you know, we, we get caught up in those kinds of games sometimes. Do you feel guilty? when someone is upset even when it's not your fault maybe you feel like it's your job to make everybody around you happy and it's your fault when they're not um do you have a hard time saying no or setting boundaries even when it would be a good thing to do because just the idea of letting somebody down or disappointing them in some way is just crushing uh or maybe you hate even the hint of conflict the idea that somebody might get upset about something and it's sort of your prime directive to never ruffle feathers. Well, if so, you might be suffering from that disease to please. We want to help you find ways to be compassionate toward others and generous with others without throwing yourself and your own needs under the bus. Well, the the sort of flip side, but it's still part of this, is if you're just fed up with the whole thing. You know, you feel like people are pressuring you to be a certain way, and you don't want to. You're just sick of it, and you're not going to do it, and you're going to dig your feet in. Believe it or not, there is that disease to please in there that's sort of an inverse well, reaction to What we were saying before is like whenever I feel like, you know, I, you know, I do these things, and the things aren't pleasing them, so why should I bother trying anymore? I'm just going to give up because I'm never going to make you happy. Or you've never made me happy, parents, siblings, job, you know, spouse, whatever that is. So 
why are you expecting so much from me if you're not willing to meet my needs? It's complicated. It's difficult. But you know what it does? It doesn't let us thrive in God's grace. So if you're tired of not thriving and you think, oh, this might have something to do with it, we're here for you today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, uh, St. John Paul, when he was Pope, gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that explored how, when we look at God's fingerprints on creation, we can discover his plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. People pleasers are often confused <clears throat> excuse me, about what it means to be authentically generous. The theology of the body certainly affirms that we were created to be generous to others, to use everything we have to work for each other's good. But there are two qualifiers. First, the theology of the body reminds us that truly godly, holy relationships are mutually self-giving. In other words, all the people in a relationship are called to work for each other's good. Human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. St. Bonaventure said that the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was like a three-bucket water wheel. Each bucket is constantly pouring itself out for the others, but never running dry because it's being immediately filled up by the other buckets. Well, being made in God's image, healthy human relationships are supposed to be like this divine relationship. God doesn't want anyone to feel obliged to take care of others, but never feel taken care of. It violates how we were created to thrive, and it defaces the icon of the Trinity that our relationships are meant to be. The theology of the body also reminds us of the importance of choosing to work from love instead of for love. Think about that for a second. People-pleasing, more often than not, isn't true generosity because it's motivated by the impulse to work for love rather than from it. You know, when we work for love, we give not so much because it's a true expression of love in a healthy relationship, but because we feel it's the price we have to pay to get someone to love us back. But when we work from love, we're able to give freely, confident in our dignity as children of God and our right to be loved freely, faithfully, totally, and fruitfully. People pleasers tend to get stuck in that trap of working for love. But God wants so much more for all of us than that. The healthier and godlier our relationships become, the more we're able to generously and authentically work from love rather than feeling stuck working for love in our relationships. So let's talk about it. How do we overcome that disease to please while still being authentically generous and compassionate to others? 877 573-7825. Do you feel guilty when someone's upset, even when it's not your fault? Do you feel like it's your job to make everybody happy and it drives you crazy when they're not? <laughs> Maybe you have a hard time saying no or setting boundaries, even when you feel like it would be a good thing to do that. Or do you just hate even the hint of conflict? If so, you might be suffering from that disease to please. We've got the cure. We want to help you find ways to be generous and compassionate to others without throwing yourself and your needs under the bus. The number is 
888-528-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. We'll start taking your calls. In the name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the opportunities that you give us to be generous and compassionate to others. And yet, Lord, there are so many times that we feel oppressed by our relationships and this need to please other people. Help us to remember that we are called to please you and that we are called to weigh every request, every relationship, every interaction in light of what you would have us do and how you would have us respond so that in all ways we're working for the good of others, not just working to keep a lid on things or to make other people happy. Teach us how to be authentically generous and compassionate to others in ways that are truly healthy and helpful and lead to their growth and holiness so that we can become everything you created us to be by being authentically generous and compassionate. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the the Father, the the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the disease to please if you are sick of trying to make everyone happy all the time. We, we've got the cure for you. We want to help you find healthy ways to take care of others while still taking care of yourself. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Sandy, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Idaho on Salt and Light Radio. Hi, Sandy. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Uh, so I'm talking about trying to please my daughter, who's 11 years old. And a perfect example is um, if you can guide me on how to manage something like this. So mm-hmm. whenever she talks back to her mom and her dad, me and my husband, and there are times when she makes us so upset that we just stay silent. Like, we don't even know what to say back to her because we're just so disappointed on her uh, talking back to us. And then whenever she sees that we stay quiet and not talk to her for a while because we just don't want to yell, he realizes that what she said was wrong, and then she'll start talking back to herself uh, in a very negative way. She'll start telling herself, like, I'm so stupid, I'm, I don't do anything right, and she'll cry, and like, just to herself in her room, but obviously we can hear her. So my question is, how do you handle that? Do you go talk to her and say, no, you know, you're not dumb, you're not, you know, you're not stupid, but you did the wrong, you shouldn't talk to your parents like that, or do we just let her vent out? Because I, I'm just... And what, I, what, and what do you do now? Just so I know where to start. Uh, so, so far, I've just let her vent it out. Um, because I felt as if though, if I go and sit down and talk to her and say, as I mentioned, no, you're not done, you know, you, you just don't, mm-hmm. you don't talk to your parents like that. I feel like I'm validating her behavior. And how do you address the behavior? What do you do with that? Uh, well, you know, usually like she'll talk back to us in a very sassy, disrespectful way. She doesn't mm-hmm. do it a whole lot, but she does it enough where it's disappointing. Right, but when, when, when after she's done it, how do you, how do you address, like, how do you correct it, or, or is, there, is there any kind um, of, uh, you know, what do you do afterward? You know, usually, just like, typically we give her a little bit of silent treatment, and maybe like a day or two, like it's the following day when she's, like, cooled off, 
we tell her, you know, because then she'll warm up and hug. So you, so you won't talk to her for, for like, the whole day, you're saying? For the whole night or a few hours, or, you know. Okay, um, yeah. Kind of, like, uh, leave her alone. Uh-huh. All right. Well, let, let's talk through this. So, so yeah, I mean, when uh, I, I really don't recommend the silent treatment there because what's happening is I understand that you don't want to reward the negative behavior and that, of course you don't right and of course we want to teach your daughter to be respectful but in the absence of any feedback you know uh, and, and that with that com- what happens is there's a kind of a complete withdrawal of the relationship what 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 you're in what you're inadvertently saying to your daughter is you have completely broken this relationship and alienated me and and in that in that cutoff she she goes to that place where she 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 just berates herself because she has destroyed her relationship with mom and dad which is at 11 her universe you know she feels like a, like an astronaut who has been cut loose from you know the the mothership and just floating out in space and so she's scared and that's what those sentences are coming from so yeah i mean I- again you're not intending to do that but that's inevitably where somebody goes when they get that silent treatment because they feel like you know this one thing that i did has totally destroyed this relationship uh, and there's nothing i can do to get it back you know i'm a terrible person so so here's what i would like to suggest that you do you know, your daughter is not being disrespectful because she doesn't love you or because she um, is a bad kid. She's being disrespectful because she doesn't know, like any other 11-year-old, doesn't know how to express frustration in a respectful way. I mean, let's be honest. I know 40 and 50-year-olds who don't know how to do that, okay? But, 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 but kids can learn it. You know, we can learn how to be angry or frustrated or, or uh, you know, disappointed or whatever and express those feelings in appropriate ways. But we have to have somebody teach us how to do that. It is a skill that we need to be taught, but it's a skill that exercises virtue, and especially the virtue of self-control. So what I want you to do instead, it's fine to take a couple minutes. It's fine to say, you know what, honey, you're really upset and I'm really upset. I just need a couple minutes to calm down and we're going to talk about this. Okay, that's perfectly fine. But it's a couple of minutes, not hours or days later. And you're also letting her know, you're reassuring her, she hasn't broken the relationship. You're coming back to deal with this in a rational, loving way. So you come back to her and you say, just just come here, let me hold you for a minute. And you want to help her calm down because you need to help her get into her uh, her thinking brain rather than her emotional brain. Because if you long more we're correcting kids when they're in their emotional brain, nothing sticks. So we have to do it over and over and over and over again, uh, and and they you know and nothing holds on. So what you want to do is okay. So let's talk about this. What were you frustrated about? Okay. So how could you have said that to me in a way that was respectful? Let's and now you you know you're holding her right. You're sitting with her. You're being quiet. You've taken a couple of minutes to collect her and just be with her. And now you're saying okay, tell me what it was that you were upset about. Let's talk about now. How could you have said that to me in a respectful way? All right, I'm really proud of you for figuring that out. Now, if she doesn't have the words, you can give her the words. You can teach her how to say the thing and then even re- role play it. Now, let's imagine that you were really mad at me again. And, but this time you're going to say it this way. And then you have her actually say the words. And then you role play what your response would be. And then you tell her, you know, I'm really proud of you for being able to stick, hang in there with me and stick through this and, and, and uh, let me teach you how to handle this well. Now, it might take a few minutes for her to calm down enough for you to do that. And if she's still ranting and raving when you come into the room, say, well, I'll be back in 10 minutes. And you come back and check on her in 10 minutes. And if she's still upset, then you come back and check on her in 10 minutes again. But the point is, you're not going to leave her sitting there by herself in her misery thinking that mom and dad abandoned her. You're letting her know that, yes, you need to calm down. No, I can't be around you when you're quite like this. But I want to come and help you as soon as you can get a handle on it. And then you, when you come, you, you said, all right, first, let's sit down together and just 
be quiet and let me hold you for a second and let you remember that I love you, even though you had a hard time here. Then it's how, you know, what were you trying to say to me? What were you frustrated about? Let's talk about how you could express that. You role play it. And then you, you know, affirm her for sticking with you and, and doing that. We, we talk more about this whole approach, and in, in it's called Discipleship Discipline, in our book, Parenting Your Kids with Grace. I'd also encourage you to become part of the CatholicHOM.com community, where we answer questions like this with parents every day. So if you've got follow-ups, uh, our whole team of pastoral counselors and coaches is right there for you, plus plenty of other resources to help you create a more loving, caring, connected Catholic household on mission. Go to CatholicHOM.com to learn more, become a subscriber today, and we'll, we'll follow this up. But I think these suggestions will get you started. If we can support you more, we'll see you at CatholicHOM.com. With that, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we are taking your calls about the disease to please. If you're sick of trying to make everyone happy all the time and feeling like you're failing at it, we've got the cure. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. More to life. We'll be back right after this. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. The devil will always do his best to tempt you into sin until you get to that place where you love sin. That's what he wants. He wants you down there with him. And not because he loves you, he hates you. When you do what the enemy tempts you to do, he does it out of pure hatred. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. I'll tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Joining us right now, Rachel Isaac. She is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com, where she also directs the St. Sebastian Program for Performance Excellence. She is an expert in performance uh, psychology. Rachel, welcome to More to Life. Always great being with you. So, you know, we're talking about this idea of a disease to please. And, and when you confront this in your practice, what, what kind of things do you do with your clients to help them overcome this disease to please? Yeah, it's a great, uh, I love that phrase. It's a great way to put it. But, you know, I think that really when we struggle with people pleasing, a large root of that challenge is a struggle with confidence. 
you know, and we feel that we need to convince other people to agree with me, to prove of me, to validate me in order for me to be okay, or in order for me to make a decision and have that decision be okay. I think it's really important for us to recognize that we are valid whether someone else agrees with us or not. And I love to remember that the way that people treat us says more about them than it does about us. If someone else is being rude or not listening or not being kind, that's because there's something going on within them, not because you aren't doing enough to make them happy or make them approve of you. And the same goes for us. You know, the way that we treat other people says more about us than it does about that other person. You know, so I would just really encourage you to retrain your self-talk, to consciously tell yourself, I'm capable of making decisions. I'm worthy whether someone agrees with me or not. My thoughts, needs, and feelings are valid. I don't have to convince another person to validate or agree with me in order for me to be okay. This takes a lot of work. And can be very challenging. And that's okay. It just means it's new. It doesn't mean that it's untrue. And so in those in those times, you know, where we're having that challenge with that self talk about, you know, I I'm 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 worried that I'm not gonna please this person. How how do we move from that to what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean I think again, just kind of letting reminding ourselves that it's it's not up to us to kind of control another person or force anybody or convince anybody of anything. It's up to us to be able to know that, you know, the the choices, the actions, the feelings, the needs that I have, you know, are, are healthy, are valid, are to work for my good and the good of the other person, you know, and to, to kind of, in a sense, look more at myself and essentially what I can control than to look at the other person because I can't control them. You know, and that people-pleasing is so other-focused in almost like an unhealthy way. And rather than being able to kind of focus on what I can control, which is myself and my own actions and the thoughts that I commit to. You know, I think it's interesting because this is a very different idea for a lot of people who have been trained throughout life that your grades, your rewards, the gold stars, the, you know, ranking that you get in sports, whatever it is, comes from someone else. But when we can learn to set our own goals, identify what makes us feel successful and not dependent on everybody else's approval, those emotional gold stars, we can really start changing everything for ourselves and actually be much more successful and fulfilled. Rachel, I want to thank you for being with us today. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, they should come over to catholiccounselors.com and check out the St. Sebastian Program for Performance Excellence, where you work with all folks, whether in sports or performers or business people or parents who are looking to succeed in their role, catholiccounselors.com. With that, we are going to break, but we are taking your calls about the disease to please today on More to Life. If you're sick of trying to make everybody happy and feeling like you're failing all the time, we've got the cure. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. We're back with your calls and questions right after this.
We live right now in dark and confusing times, but Jesus is always at work. We shouldn't allow ourselves to forget what we know just because we're facing many circumstances that are threatening and confusing to us. You know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know that he's poured out his Holy Spirit and formed his body on the earth, and that he is the head of the body in heaven, and his body is right here on earth. You can point to it. Jesus didn't just leave us a set of teachings. Jesus, in fact, gave us himself. The church is ultimately the deifying union between Christ the head and the sanctified members of his body. And so just as the Lord unfurls himself into the Eucharist, Jesus is also extending his divinely human presence into his mystical body, the church. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Where is prayer revealed in the Bible? The Catholic Catechism says it comes between the fall and the restoration of man, between God's sorrowful call to our first parents, where are you? What have you done? And the coming of his only son into the world. Lo, I have come to do your will, says the Lord. Prayer is intertwined with human history. Beginning with Abraham, the Catechism asserts, prayer is first revealed in the Old Testament. God calls Abraham in old age to leave Haran and travel to the land of Canaan. And Abraham, in faith, leaves the land of his ancestors. Then Abraham extends generous hospitality during a remarkable encounter with God, which foreshadows the Annunciation of Christ, the Son of the Promise. Finally, Abraham offers his only son Isaac in sacrifice, and God, who will not spare his only son, spares Abraham's. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. When a close friend does something to offend you, do you usually assume they meant to be mean? Or instead, do you assume the offense was unintentional? Well, research finds that happily married couples tend to give each other the benefit of the doubt, an outlook that relationship experts call a positive intention frame, because it involves framing offensive actions in the best possible light. These couples assume that most of their spouse's offensive actions stem from miscommunication or misunderstanding, not from bad intentions. Now, having a positive intention frame doesn't mean excusing offensive behavior. Happy couples address bad behavior directly, but they do it in a way that assumes the best about their spouse and lets them save face. Instead of criticizing their spouse, they might complain about the spouse's behavior. See the difference? Criticisms frame the person as the problem. Complaints frame the behavior as the problem. When a couple consistently adopts this attitude about each other, it makes it easier for them to bring up issues, and more likely that those issues can be resolved with a minimum of drama. Get more tips for nurturing a happy marriage in our book, For Better Forever, A Catholic Guide to Lifelong Marriage, or if you'd like more personalized, faith-filled help, visit catholiccounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled The Disease to Please. Sick of trying to make everyone happy but feeling like you're failing all the time? We want to help you find the cure by giving you healthy ways to take care of others while still being kind to yourself. 877 573 7825. Again, that number is 877 573 
seven eight two five. Call up and share. You know, do you feel guilty when somebody's upset, even when it isn't your fault? Maybe you feel like it's your job to make everybody happy, but you're always coming up short. Do you have a hard time saying no or setting boundaries, even when you know it would be a good thing to do? Or do you even just hate the hint of conflict and avoid it like the plague? Well, if so, you might be suffering from that disease to please. We want to help you find ways to be authentically compassionate to others without throwing yourself and your needs under the bus. Again, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Bailey, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Montana on Billings Catholic Radio. Hi, Bailey. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Um, so I am an older sister. I have twin sisters that are five years younger than me. Um, and I've always just kind of had, like, some mothering instincts to, like, help them and take care of them. And we have a great mom, and we're all really close. And just, like, the four of us are just absolute best friends. Um, and then one of the twins and I are kind of in the same spot in life. We both have a toddler. We have husbands and um we do a lot of the same things in our lives they're just kind of really linked up and then the younger twin she just graduated college i mean she does amazing she's she you know we love her but um you know there's definitely this huge gap with just just like kind of being helpful and um we all really lean on each other for help with everything like and, um, you know, it seems like my mom and the older twin and I are all on the same page. And then it just seems like we're constantly problem solving and giving and taking time away from our kids and husbands to help our younger sister. And then we never seem to really get that back. Like the simplest, smallest tasks we ask for help, there's zero follow through. And then we have to like course correct and try to come up with plan B and C, even though she said she'd help with plan A. And I just feel so like... So give me an example of a, of a situation that we could kind of maybe kind of generalize from, because I, I, you know, I could speak to this generically, but mm-hmm. I think it would be more helpful if you could give us an example. Okay. Oh my gosh, so many. But um, <laughs> so like last weekend, my husband and I were expecting baby number two. So we were like, we have to go do a night away, like one night away. And so when I um, initially texted them and I was like, who wants to help with, you know, our daughter and take her for the night? The youngest sister right away was like, I've got it. I'll do it. No problem. And then literally within 24 hours before we're supposed to leave, she completely bailed so she can hang out with her boyfriend and stuff. And so then we... And how did you respond? And how did you respond to that? Okay. So you, yeah, but but how did you respond to her about it? I just, you know, I, we, we can't get mad. Like whenever we get mad and kind of lay it all out there, it kind of comes back that like, we're the bad people. I don't know. No, you know, don't buy that. No. So, so that's, that's that. Okay. So that's, she's, she's used to being the baby and you guys are used to playing the game. Okay. And, 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 and so what I want you to do, you know, in that situation, it, yes, it was fine for you to go ahead and make the other plan because you, you needed to, right? But um, in that situation, it's okay to say, you want, it's not okay. You know, I asked you to do this and you really let me down and I'm very disappointed in you because I'm always here for you and I can't count on you to be here for me. I mean, that's just honest and it's true. And if she gets mad and says, well, you blah, blah, blah. It's like, listen, I, I don't want to hear it. I asked you for help 
and you bailed on me. This is a really important thing, and I cannot, and I couldn't count on you for it, and I'm angry. I'm not asking your permission to be offended by you. I'm telling you that you offended me. You hurt my feelings. And if you love me, you won't do it again. Now, Billy, stick to the one thing she's done. Don't go and say, this is a pattern with you, because that just makes you dredge up history and makes her feel attacked. Stick with the fact that in a particular circumstance, whatever the next particular circumstance is, you address that specifically. And she will try to make you feel like the bad guy. And you can say, listen, I understand that you don't like hearing this. I'm sorry that you feel that way, but you let me down. I'm not asking permission to be offended by you. I'm telling you what you did was offensive. And I need you to apologize for it. I need you, and I need to know that I can count on you. And I don't. I, I don't. Uh, because you promised that you'd be here for me. And then you bailed on me last minute for a silly reason. And this was a really important thing. And I can't count on you. And that makes me sad. So you, you, you can't let uh, somebody get away with it, right? Because she, she, she's used to kind of being this, the baby of the family who you know, just you know, gets to do whatever she wants to do. And everybody else makes up for it. There's you, know, you and your mom and your sister. And then there's her. Um, and, and I think that now that you're all adults, she needs to learn a different and a more adult way of, of dealing with you guys. And she's not going to do that on her own because this is the role she's played in her family. This is, this is uh, the, the role she's rehearsed all her life. So in order to play a different role, a role of a responsible, contributing adult, she's going to have to be treated differently. Right, so you guys are going to have to stop covering for her and making it okay, uh, and and not just not just blowing up at her, being calm about it, but firm. Like, listen, I can't. It's not okay. I expect you to be here. Uh, you promised that you'd be here. This is not an emergency. You need to come. Uh, and if she says, "Well, no, I can't. I won't," or well, then you've really let me down, and I, and it really breaks my trust in you, and I'm really hurt with it. Well, you're you're the one who. Listen, I, I'm not interested in that. I'm not asking your permission to be offended by your behavior. I'm telling you that your behavior is offensive, and if you love me, you're not going to do it again. Because this really undermines my trust, and it makes me feel really resentful toward you, and I don't like to feel that way toward my sister. So please knock it off. Right? That, and that's actually the loving thing to do, right? Because you're working for her good by holding up a mirror and making her look at herself. Uh, and not just letting her say, well, no, you stand in front of the mirror. <laughs> Let me blame you. No, you're, you're holding up that mirror and, say, and insisting that she look at herself so that she can see the way she's coming across. You're not rejecting her. You're not being mean to her. Uh, and you're, not, you're also not playing the game where she gets to deflect and blame you guys for it. You're just telling her, I'm sorry if you feel that way. I know you don't like to hear that you've been irresponsible and uh, uh, distrustful, but you are. And it really hurts. And I need you to stop it. Now, by doing this, you're inviting her to start building trust with you again by being reliable. I will say this off to the side here, Bailey, as she tries to rebuild trust, hopefully she accepts this invitation. Only give her latitude to commit to things that aren't really important to you at first until she's built a history with you where if she commits to something, she fulfills her commitment something like taking care of your kids or something that will really hang you up if it doesn't happen reserve that for people you have built trust with who have built trust with you until she's built up enough trust and enough history for you to be able to trust her in the big things in fact if you put it out there and she you know there's some important thing you know that you need help with and she is the first one that pipes up i would even go so far as to say listen thank you unfortunately I can't trust that you're going to do it. 
Um, so I, I'm going to have to ask my, our other sister to do this because or mom, you, you, or... You, or mom, because you tend not to follow through. So I love you very much, but if you want if you want me to trust you with with this, I'm going to need to show see you showing up for some smaller things first. So and, and that's not mean. That's just acknowledging the fact that she has damaged the relationship to the point where you can't trust her with those things. You, you could say I could trust you with this, or I could trust you with that, but I can't trust you with this because I, I can't guarantee that you'll show up. So I love you very much, and thank you for offering, but I I need to be able to have somebody that I can really count on for this. The other thing, Bailey, is that if if you and mom and your sister are constantly there for her, doing everything for her, give her a little room for you guys to not jump on the bandwagon to take care of everything she needs you to take care of and to work some things out with herself or with her friends or other people she can count on so she can start getting her legs in her adult life. Yeah, it's perfectly fine to see because you were saying, you know, that you will, you know, um, not neglect, but, but for want of a better way to say it, you know, you, you, you have a toddler and you'll, you'll, you know, choose your sister over what you need to do for the toddler, for example. Don't do that. You know, say, listen, I'm, I'm sorry. My, my child needs my help right now. And, and you're a grown or up. Or I'm can, nine months pregnant that. and I yeah. really can't do that for and, you right now. Whatever that is. I need you to handle that. Let her handle some of it because there's, there's a line. There, there needs to be a healthy line between being a loving, supportive family that's there for each other and being completely codependent and enmeshed. And if you're always doing everything for her and she's taking advantage of that, you're moving from healthy, happy, extended family to enmeshed and kind of messing up each other's well-being. And you don't want to keep crossing into that because it won't bear good fruit. But drawing these boundaries that are healthy and good for her and good for yourselves when you say, I can't show up for every tiny little thing you need, that will keep you from being enmeshed and make you that healthy family that responds well to each other in a mutually self-donative way, which goes back to our theology of the body point today. All right, Bailey, thank you so much for the call. I hope these suggestions will get you started. We do talk more about this in my book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. It's available at catholiccounselors.com. It's really a book about how to set boundaries that don't cut people off, um, but give them healthy ways to approach you and you know protect you from the drama at the same time. That's God help me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. Available at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. We're talking about the disease to please today on More to Life. If you're sick of trying to make everyone happy all the time and feeling like you're never quite measuring up, we've got the cure. Let us help you find healthy ways to take care of others while still taking care of yourself. The number is 877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. We speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. And this really goes with the theme of the whole show, really. It's like we, in our interactions with other people, the first thing we have to keep in mind is not what's going to make them happy in this moment or avoid conflict in this moment. The, the, the thing we need to be reflecting on is what is God calling us to do to work for this person's good? What is God asking us to do to be our best selves, to work for the good of this relationship? It's not about how we feel or about how they feel. It's about having that goal in mind of always working for their good, 
our good and the good of the relationship. And if we can keep our minds on that, then we are pleasing God. Even if we sometimes have to do or say some things that are a little bit hard for the other person to hear, like we were talking about with Bailey. You know, when when we're able to keep that in mind, that my job is not to just make you happy in the moment, but to help you be more the person God's calling you to be, while I am trying to do that too, then we're able to be charitable, but firm when we need to be, and always committed to working for the good of others and our relationship. And uh, by doing that, we please God who tests our hearts, as St. Paul puts it in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Well, we are taking your calls when we come back from the break at 877-573-7825. Do you feel guilty when someone's upset, even when it's not your fault? Do you feel like it's your job to make everybody happy, but you're always coming up short? Or you have a hard time saying no or setting boundaries, even when you should? If you even hate the hint of conflict or anything like that, you might be suffering from that disease to please give us a call. We've got the cure. We want to help you find ways to be authentically compassionate and generous to others without throwing yourself and your own needs under the bus. The number 877-573-7825. We'll be back with more of your calls when More to Life continues in just a minute. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Is it time for a nap? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. I have to admit something, I am a bad napper. Unless it's rainy outside, I rarely can catch a nap. But according to a recent study, habitual napping appears to be associated with larger brain mass in adults. This appears to be an important protection against neurodegenerative diseases like dementia. Other studies have shown that even 30-minute naps while at home or work could enhance learning, boost attention, and increase well-being and productivity. Some businesses are installing nap rooms and other spaces to catch a few Zs. Job One, however, is getting a good night's sleep in the first place. Good sleep hygiene, meaning about seven-plus hours of sleep per night, is still the best medicine. If you take naps, you have famous company. Leonardo da Vinci, Margaret Thatcher, George W. Bush, and Paul. Pope Francis, to name a few. For more on napping, yawn your way over to the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. 
I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today we're talking about the disease to please. If you're sick of trying to make everybody happy all the time but failing miserably, (laughs) we've got the cure. Let us help you find healthy ways to take care of others while still taking care of yourself. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Zuli, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Nebraska on Spirit Catholic Radio. Hi, Zuli. Welcome to More to Life. Good morning. Um, so I really identify with really avoiding conflict at all costs. Okay. Uh, one thing that's come up is um, planning my birthday get-together for my toddler, and there's conflict between my mom and my aunt. <laughs> and um, About a toddler's birthday. Yeah, my mom hinted, oh, how about you just invite grandma and grandpa and your brother and we'll visit because they they live two hours away. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, so there's constant conflict between your mother and your aunt and she doesn't want to have to see her, your aunt right. at the birthday party. Okay, so it's not about the birthday party. It's, it's a pre-existing situation, correct? Yes. Yep, it okay. seems like every other birthday celebration, and uh, recently my aunt called asking about the birthday party, and so my people-pleasing um, tactics, I, of course, invited her as well. <laughs> and so... Well, I mean, I is the, uh, can I ask, like, so, I mean, is there a reason that you shouldn't have? I, like, you know, it's, you have a bad relationship with your aunt. Is your aunt... Um, unhealthy to be around in some way like what's what's the issue here no no um i mean i i get along with her it's more of me um i i seem to tend to always try to reduce conflict um for my other family members and so just planning for a birthday party for me has been an anxious uh, event. Uh, right. No, no, I understand. So, so you know, you heard us probably talking about um, this idea that that we need to be focusing not so much on, on how we feel or how the other person feels, but, but what is the choice that we need to make, what is the thing that we need to do or say that really challenges the other person to be what God is calling them to be, right? So if you were to apply that to this situation, what would that tell you to do? Um, I would invite, uh, I would invite my aunt because I know she, she is there for me and not because yeah. of my mom or a conflict. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and what, I, what I would also do is I would, I would, I would, you know, I would challenge mom and say, you know what, mom, I, I love you and I'm sorry that you don't get along with your sister. Um, but I really need you to work that out. Uh, because you know your your sister's she, she she's good to me and she wants to come and celebrate as a family and and uh, you know you just avoiding that not not right you know so I really hope that you can either work things out with your sister or at least you know be mature enough to be in her presence and still have a good time and and I, I love you uh, and I'm sorry that this is the way it is but but uh, you know I, I I would love for both of you to be here to celebrate 
my child. And it would mean a lot to me for you to work things out with your sister. Right. So it's, it's, and I realize that's a scary thing, but you know, it's not about, and, and I think that growing up in, in the family that you're describing, you know, where there's such a price tag attached to anger. I know I'm reading into this a bit, but you know, where, where you have, you know, a, a, a parent who holds grudges like this and who rather than facing the conflict directly and, you know, working things out, you know, tries to work end runs around things or pressure you to fix that. That's, that's where this fear comes from. And, um, I'm sorry you've been put in that position, but I think God wants to deliver you from that. Uh, and, and the way he can deliver you from that is by ask, by really prayerfully reflecting on in any of these situations, what is the thing that would allow me to work for their good? And in this case, working for their good means, yes, welcoming your aunt, but also challenging your mom to work out her stuff with her sister and say, you know, this is, re- this is silly, mom. I, I love you. Uh, and I'm sorry that you're having a hard time with her, but you need to work this out and you can't take it out on me. <laughs> and, and or your grandchild, for that matter, denying your grandchild a relationship with with his aunt, you know, because you can't get along with your sister is just not fair. So I, I, I love you, mom, but but work it out. <laughs> you know, I, work it out, or just be polite and and put your grandchild and your daughter before your grudges, because we want we want to make this all about my child's birthday and we want you there and we want a big happy family but i want to commend you because when i asked you that question you knew the answer she did you know because um, i you know when i'm working with people a lot of times they don't They're, they just they just kind of like the blood drains out of their face and their eyes go really wide and they they <laughs> like I, I don't know but you did it and when, that means that you have the 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 wisdom and the courage to be able to follow this through. So I commend you on that. If there's more that we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out. But thank you so much for the call. You know, in just a few closing minutes that we have here, uh, we did have a, a question from Maureen who couldn't stay on, but I, I wanted to address it. She, she said, you know, sometimes we think that when we're pleasing others, we're pleasing God. And yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but if we don't keep in mind the call to work for the ultimate good of the other person, then we end up not making people the God, right? Because, because what we end up doing is we say, well, what will please them? What will make them happy in the moment? And then we do that thing, whether it's really good for them or not. That's absolutely true. And, and here's step one to discerning that. Spend some time with God. Talk to him every day. Have a conversation with him at least once a day, and then throughout the day as you're doing things. You know, Lord, this doesn't feel quite right. What should I do in this situation? Teach me how to respond to this person. Teach me how to work for this person's good. What would that mean in this situation? And what would be pleasing for you in this situation? Should I keep my mouth shut and just pray for them? Should I actually, you know, do something to, to encourage them to be their best self more actively? But we can't. And Scripture often really cautions us to worry about pleasing others, whether it's, you know, principalities or powers or your mother-in-law. The Bible doesn't say that. I'm just, you know, putting it in there, but it can feel the same way. We often think that unless we get that gold star that we wanted so much in school or what Greg often, you know, jokingly says, that Scooby snack, right, on Scooby-Doo. We always got that Scooby snack for doing the right thing. We often think unless we're pleasing other people, we're not pleasing God. Or if we're pleasing other people, God's smiling on what, what we're doing. All you have to do is read through the Gospels and see that that is not the way. The way is actually asking God, what, 
what will be pleasing to him? What can we do and how can we grow in love of God and others and in the virtue the virtues that God is asking us to live out. And when we can do exactly what Lisa's talking about, then that, that frees us from that disease to please. And we are able to be authentically compassionate and generous to others uh, because it's ordered toward their good, not just avoiding conflict or not ruffling feathers or risking the chance that maybe they'll get a little upset. It, it's, it's all about doing and saying all the things that will help us be who God is calling us to be and challenging the people that we love to be that person too. Well, if there's more that we can do to support you in that, don't hesitate to come on over to catholiccounselors.com to learn more about ways we can help you overcome the disease to please and stop working for love and instead working from love. Learn more at catholiccounselors.com and check out the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life. That's catholiccounselors.com. Then remember... When we live in God's grace, there really is so much more to life. Thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.